Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Good morning, and today we're going to Ottawa to talk to Dr. Laura Bonnet, who is a part of the hot seat of Canada because of the federal budget that just came out. So Dr. Laura is part of Yellow Tree Grants, and we're going to find out more of that about that in just a minute. So Dr. Laura, where did you go to school? Uh, I For my university, uh, I went to school at a few different places. I did my first two degrees, uh, and I just want to say thank you, Peter, for having me on. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I... Uh, you know, you know, school post-secondary education was important to me um, because when I was younger, my dad always told me, you got to find a sit-down job because I'm a person with disability. He said, you got to find a sit-down job. So uh, I figured the best way to do that was to, to get an education. So I began at Carleton University and I did two degrees there. I did an undergrad degree in sociology and a master's degree in Canadian studies. And then I headed off to the University of Alberta, where I did a PhD in political science. Um, and all of my work has sort of been focused on uh, politics, social movements, ways to make change, um, that sort of thing. Excellent. Okay. So let's talk about your work experience, whether it was during your education and after your education. Well, I've, I feel like I've worn many hats over the years. I started working when I was 13 and have worked in, you know, odd jobs <laughs> uh, and many other areas since then. In my grown-up life, I worked with, um, I spent a lot of time in academia. As I was going through and getting my degrees, I you know, was employed either as a contract researcher or research assistant. I uh, taught classes and I, um, I learned a lot and gained a lot of valuable experience through my time in academia. And I was also, I've, I've been involved in one way or another in nonprofits and charities for over 30 years. I've been, you know, I've sat on numerous boards. I've acted as a volunteer. Sometimes I was a contractor, but I got to learn a lot about nonprofits. And, um, and I also worked for on and off for nine years with the federal government, mostly in strategic policy, uh, conducting research, doing um, working for various federal departments. And I feel like a lot of these experiences uh, came together when I decided to launch Yellow Tree. So it was, um, I think my background was really helpful. The diversity of my background was quite helpful in, in putting it to work for my business. Okay, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> you know, I get, I get asked that a lot. I, um, well, for one thing, I have an affinity for trees. I don't, I don't know why. I think I might have been a tree in a previous life. Uh, but to be honest, when I was business planning, you know, when you write your, you start a business and you write your business plan and they have that question, um, you know, brainstorm a number of ideas for your business. And 
So all I kept writing down was yellow tree, yellow tree, yellow tree. It was just an image that came to me. It's it had, it's you know, here in Canada, yellow trees often means a change of seasons when things are slowing down and, um, you know, going into hibernation. But for me, it's always a symbol of hope. You know, it brings me joy every time I see a bright yellow tree in the fall. And it, it feels like it's a way of knowing that we all go through our cycles, which is sort of like the, you know, funding cycles, right? There's there's times when it's summer and there's times when it's winter. And regardless, my business is sort of there to support organizations through those cycles. So that's the best I can do <laughs> to describe why. Okay. So what is the purpose of Yellow Tree? Hmm. To help charities and nonprofits and social enterprises, which are can be nonprofits, uh, to find their funding. You know, when an organization is trying to uh, fulfill their mission, they have to have a plan. How are you going to find your funding? How are you going to survive? How are you going to thrive? How are you going to meet the needs of your clients? And Part of that funding strategy, in my view, should be grants. It's not the whole thing. You won't survive if you try just to focus on grants as a way to support your initiative. But um, it's really, it should be part of the of the puzzle uh, and the strategy. And I knew I had had a history of working and volunteering with various nonprofits and writing grants for them. And I was really damn successful. So I said, I can make a go of this. I, I sort of brought all of my previous work together and um, never looked back. We, we launched in 2018, just me, for the first few years. And now I have a, a team of, uh, there's five of us now that work from, uh, from across Canada to support charities, nonprofits, and social enterprises. Is your wife involved in the business? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, she, my wife works for the federal government and she has her own career and is, is pretty happy with that. I, um, I think we learned that we're both, we're both pretty headstrong and we both like to, uh, do things in our own way. So yeah, we'll see in retirement if that changes, but for now, no, she's not, she's not involved in my, in my work. Okay. So talk about the importance of partnerships in order to make your business grow. Mm. Do you know that it doesn't matter whether you're a nonprofit or a, or a charity or whether you're trying to launch a social enterprise or you have a successful social enterprise. Um, funders, I, both foundations and government funders are looking for partnership development. They really want to make to they're looking for ways to make their money go farther when they fund you. So in almost every application, you will see who are your partners in this project, initiative, et cetera. Because don't forget, there's really very little funding available for core operating expenses. It's all project-based funding or capital. And so in order to carry out your project, Funders want to see that you have made, A, you're not duplicating what's already out there. And, and you don't want to be duplicating 
what's already out there because uh, it means you've got more competition, right? You need to find your niche. So it's important to develop the partnerships and sometimes they'll take a while. Don't wait till the night before a grant is due to start to develop those partnerships. But uh, both connecting within your sector and even brainstorming outside of your sector. You know, if you're trying to solve a problem, who are the best partners to work with in order to do so? It's um, funders love to see collaboration and uh, in order to solve problems and they, they don't want to see duplication. So it's really important to develop those partnerships before you start applying for funding. Okay, what about Yellow Tree? Does it have partners? Hmm. That's an interesting question. We, you know, are on, on the one hand, we consider all of our clients partners. We're working within their organization to help them. You know, we don't just focus on the writing of the grants. We also focus on um, how do you get yourself set up organizationally in order to be prepared and ready to accept that funding that comes in. So we kind of consider ourselves partners with our clients as we are helping them think through that process. Um, so we, we are involved in all sorts of sectors, you know, whether it's environmental, the arts. Uh, we don't work with small business. Uh, we have kind of narrowed ourselves down to uh, a niche. I guess there are other funders, there are other business, small businesses out there that can serve um, business. Uh, but we're focused on those that are trying to make change in the world. So it's those clients that we that we tend to partner with. Do you have a board of directors or a board of advisors or both? No, uh, I am a small business. So it's just me for now and my business coach. <laughs> Um, I certainly believe that that would be, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a corporation, but we're not big enough yet to have a board of director, directors. And of course we're not public, so it's not a requirement of the small business. What I find I do is I reach out to a lot of my colleagues, either in the fundraising industry who have different experiences than I do, whether it's those that are perhaps working uh, with Black-led organizations or uh, a different sector of the environment to, and of course, we're always following a lot of thought leaders in the industry to ensure we're staying up to date. We take courses. There's a lot of ways that we try to learn from those around us, um, but but without having a direct board of directors. Okay, I'm going to make a suggestion mm. by email, and uh, you'll find that after our conversation. Mm -hmm. So having said that, you're also involved not just in what you're doing, but you're involved in other organizations. Tell us about that. Right. So I I stepped off some of my responsibilities with other national. I was on a national board and I was on a local board and uh, turned my attention to growing the, the grant professionals in Canada. 
So I'm a member of the Grant Professionals Association, which is a US-based professional association uh, with a handful of Canadian members. And when I started grant writing, I found that I needed more colleagues. I needed to be able to bounce ideas off of people because it's a it's a very small industry in Canada yet. So after being a member for a few years and going to the national conferences, I thought it's time. It's time we had a, a Canadian chapter where we can develop our own resources, <clears throat> excuse me, and support the development of the industry in Canada. So last year, after some discussions with the Grant Professionals Association uh, staff and leadership, we, myself and three other grant professionals in Canada launched the Canadian chapter of the Grant Professionals Association. And uh, we've been meeting monthly ever since. Our members are growing, um, which is wonderful to see. And uh, most of my volunteer contributions are now my time is going to that organization to help it grow and to also help a pipeline for this this industry because there's uh, there's not really one there okay so having said that i want a couple of examples of an organization that you have worked with and helped I might be telling tales out of school, but uh, <laughs> I can try. Let's just, see. Just two. Just two. Okay. Well, we work with really small frontline organizations, and we work with national organizations. So we have, uh, let's see, I mean, there's many to choose from. Uh, one of the larger institutions and organizations that we work with is Colleges and Institutes Canada. Uh, which is kind of a a federal organization, a national organization that that has a membership of colleges and institutes across Canada, and we've raised millions with uh, with that organization. Um, and then we also work with quite, pardon me, quite small, you know, sort of frontline organizations such as um, an organization in Ottawa that serves. Uh, people living with HIV and AIDS. Uh, we've been successful in helping get them a number of grants that uh, that is supporting the work that they're doing, the client-facing work, which is ex especially difficult during the pandemic. You know, the food security needs just became so in in immense, uh, and we were successful to work with them to get some of their funding in place to serve those those extended needs. Okay, so having said that, when are you going to write a book with all that background <laughs> and experience? Uh, I think that'll be a while yet. Uh, uh, my my first interest is to get our training institute off the ground. We have we have been, I have been leading a number of ad hoc training sessions, um, but the need is out there for lots of organizations. Um, both in terms of if they're applying for grants, but as you might be aware of the social finance fund, uh, there's movement on that these days for the for loans for social enterprises and um, and nonprofits. And so there's uh, 
there's going to be a need for more knowledge, I think, around what that program can offer to nonprofits and social enterprises. And, um, and we're trying to stay ahead of that to be able to provide that information to people as well. So obviously you're a researcher. <laughs> yes, I can't. Uh, I, I don't even, you know, that's just bred into my bones, I think. I, uh, no matter what I'm doing, I'm researching what's coming up. Uh, we, we really do want to stay ahead of the game. Um, I mean, there's that. And then there's, the, you know, the AI developments that are happening in terms of chat GPT, which I think we're on number four now, and how that might impact the, uh, the fundraising industry going forward it's, and, and nonprofits. It's going to be a wild ride, I think. I think so. So having said that, where do you see your organization in three years? Your two organizations. <laughs> well, right now we're a team of five. And uh, I anticipate, you know, my, my, we're a virtual team. And I intend to to keep us virtual uh, and and bring us together at least on a on a yearly basis to to meet face to face. But I would like to grow within three years, you know, at least twice the size of what we are right now. Eventually, I'd like to get. Um, you know, I've got the org chart in my head. <laughs> I think about thirty is probably the uh, the sweet spot for me. Uh, but it might it may take more than three years. It might not, but I I like to, you know, when I'm growing my business, I like to make sure that the systems are all in place before I grow. So it's a matter of, I don't tend to grow before I have the systems in place and then I go and market and then we grow from there. So. Okay, final question before we go offline. Mm -hmm. What is the website and what information is available on the website? Yeah, so... We just had a website relaunch, which I'm very excited about. It's uh, www.yellowtreegrants.com. And it has, um, it has a description of our team. It has a description of our values and a description of all of the services that we provide. <clears throat> Pardon me. Because we work with organizations throughout the grant cycle, you know, whether it's getting them ready for grants, uh, creating descriptions of, of their main programs, uh, of course, grant writing. Uh, we also do the grant prospect research to find out what's out there for your organization and how can you access it. We, um, we also help to develop performance measures. So if you get a grant, you have to, of course, report on the grant. And in order to do so, you have to collect data. So we help with that piece. Uh, and we also help with reporting. So some clients come to us and they just want sort of a one-off, help me with this grant, or help me with a grant readiness assessment, and, and we can do that. But we also work with clients on a package basis as well, and we take them through that whole cycle on an annual basis. So how do you base your fees for a, a client? Good question. Uh, we don't charge commission. Because it is the, as members, we're all members of the Grant Professionals Association. It's actually against our ethics, our ethical code. It's written into the code that we may not charge a fee for uh, winning a grant. 
And there's various reasons for that, but mainly because the funder won't fund it. <laughs> and, you, then, and then you've got no way else to pay that fee, right? So um, we charge up front for the work that we do, we do. And the fee is based upon uh, our, our extensive expertise and experience and education and knowledge in being able to guide a client through the whole grant process and create a product that they can use again and again. So they could create a product in terms of a grant to be submitted, but all of that copy can be used in numerous other materials, communications materials, fundraising materials in the business. So that's kind of the basis for how we create our, our funding structure. Okay, this is a tricky question. A range of prices for, uh, for doing a project. Mm -hmm. So what we find is that so before I get into the actual fee or range, um, I'll tell you the clients that are most served by the work that we're doing. And they're clients that have been around for at least a couple of years, running their organizations. Because if you don't have the background work done, um, then funders aren't really interested in looking at you. So they want to see some success. So we look to work with clients that have been around for two to three years uh, that have a, you know, that usually have staff that have managed their money well, uh, that have financial statements of some kind. And if organizations aren't at that place, that's when we encourage them to start off either with a, a grant readiness assessment, which is around a $1,500 uh, fee and and that will help them to figure out what do I need to have in place. We also invite them to look at our training opportunities to do a bit of that to learn themselves how to do the grant writing. Uh, for those clients that are more well established and have these basic pieces in place, uh, then of course they're also interested in the grant readiness assessment, the uh, development of projects. So. When we, project descriptions, pardon, program descriptions, when we develop those um, for, when we're doing the program descriptions, we can do up to three, and the fee for that is 5,000. And there is significant amount of work that goes into those project program descriptions, including you know the history of that program, the activities, the description, the resources, the outputs, the outcomes, everything that will go into all of the information. Basically, it's like a little mini grant, grant application. It's all of this information that will go into the grant. Um, prospect research, we will take... Um, is a, we do a deep dive. We have five databases that we work with. And the intent is to really find aligned funding sources for the organization's mission and purpose or whatever they're seeking funding for. It takes about three to four weeks for us to complete. And the fee for that is 3,500, uh, of course, plus tax. Um, grant writing, grant writing depends. Uh, in some cases, it's a letter of intent where a funder just sort of wants to know, who are you? Give me a synopsis of what you're doing. And the fee for that is 
can range between sort of 500 to 1500 for the development of letters of intent and grants will usually range between 3000 to 5000 federal government applications are definitely in the $5000 range and um of course the the development of um if we're doing reports or if we're doing um performance measures that will sort of that's on a item by item basis depending on what it is that people are looking for and how long it might take us okay laura you've given us a very good idea of what you do your background the credibility that you've established and your successes so thank you for joining me this morning it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me peter have a great day